0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1987 to look at the horror movie The Gate. But on this episode I've got a very special guest. I've got Gary Hill from Cinema Beef Podcast and Two Drink Minimum. He's here helping me with this episode today. Gary, how are you doing buddy?
1: Oh, I'm fine. It got a little warm here. It's June now, so yay sweating through my clothes beautiful thing yeah
0: (laughs) lovely 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 gary now gary um i know you've been on dude looks like the 80s show with me before we covered some pretty cool movies on there
1: including howard the duck oh yeah
0: Um, but do you just want to tell me a little bit about uh, your show your podcasting cinema beef and that
1: oh yeah that's that's been going for about seven years now with varying different co-hosts and varying different formats uh we do um any any this like just like your show we do any any kind of genre that you, you could think of so and we've been pairing them up with different different ways different uh sometimes more ironically than other times i don't like to be so obvious about it and like to make you think about it kind of like one of those one of those gi joe psas and now you know you know that's uh it's good stuff and um two drink minimum commentaries is a Commentary show because commentary shows are shows that you make when you can't, you know, don't feel like podcast. You just feel like talking to a movie and, and that's a that's that's the lazy man's game. I don't want to call it that, but sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and watch watch a movie with some friends and make dick and fart jokes. You know, it, it, it's fun. It's Whatever. Bad, <laughs>
0: That's what it's all about. At the end of the day, Gary, just got to make it work for you, don't you? You know, sort of. I tend to make it oh, up yeah. on my show as well, a little bit. You know, uh, certainly with the choice of movies, I don't really have a list. I just sort of pick a film and talk about it. So. Uh, I
1: love it, man. It's, it's good winging right there, man. It's. Uh, I think the one you put out today was "Man with the Golden Gun." I think it was. It and was. Then yeah. We're, we're we're doing this today, which is totally different from that. Yeah. That's which is which is great.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Again, with, with The Man with the Golden Gun, I just picked one out of the bunch of many James Bond movies there. So, uh, you know, I thought i picked pick the one with Jack Count Dracula in it, you know. He's pretty badass, uh, Christopher Lee, so. Oh, yeah. But, but we're going to talk about today, we're going to um, talk about The Gate from 1987. So, we'll take you guys back to that year. Let's go into the backyard, let's see what's going on there, and we will pray you a trader. We'll see you guys soon.
1: There is a passageway to the most evil place you can imagine. A gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs.
0: And now, someone has opened the gate.
2: This this weird tearing sound there the decomposed corpse of her dead father. Oh no. No. Tearing out hair by the hands. I'm calling the police. You got demons. I mean you guys are serious about that demon stuff? Open the gate.
0: And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis of this film is Kids left home alone accidentally unleash a horde of demons from a mysterious hole in their suburban backyard. It's a PG-13. It's got an 85-minute runtime. And it's got 6.1 on IMBD. And the cast for this movie is a very young Stephen Dolph. It's uh, one of his first movies. Uh, Christina Denton as Al. Uh, Louis Tripp as Terence and Kelly Rowland as Laurie, just to name just a few, and uh, pretty much pretty much an unknown cast. But Stephen Dorff uh, may be familiar with; he's in films such as Blade, uh, a film you might be familiar with. Here, Gary's uh, Space Truckers.
1: Space Truckers, yeah, it's, it's a good time, man. He's a lot of stuff I love, though—not not just like like well. One that I love that he's in is called Cecil B. Demented, which is the John Waters movie, which is like the biggest anti-movie that there is, because it's about a guerrilla filmmaker who basically wants to fuck over the movie industry by making a bad movie and destroying it from the inside, and <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's, it's John Waters all the place, and he plays Cecil, who's the insane director, and with his insane crew, and there, there's, it's a good time, but I love Stephen Dorf and a lot of stuff, and. He is the only good Blade villain that there is, in my opinion. Just uh, He has the most fun with it.
0: I think so, yeah, yeah. it does. He brings a lot of menace to that film, doesn't he? Um, for me, it's one of the films he's most famous for. Uh, he was also in another movie called Judgment Night. Um,
1: yes, that's a great one. That'd be a good one for this show, actually.
0: Yeah, it would be, actually. Yeah, I quite like that. It's sort of in the same sort of category as Trespass, that film that I covered on the show not, not long ago. Um, Delightful. And you also got uh, one of my favourite characters in this film, which is Terence, played by Louis Tripp. I don't think he's done much else, has he? But he's pretty cool in this movie.
1: He's done this in the sequel, and not much else. I and I don't know the personal choice, but um, I like him. I like him in this and the sequel.
0: Yeah, yeah. The sequel's not too bad either, is it? Really? It's. Um... Mm-hmm. And the film was directed by Tibor uh, Takas. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's a Hungarian director and it was funded by um it's a canadian backed film and it's quite low budget it's made for 2.5 million dollars and the director he went on to go and make some uh, <laughs> interesting movies man squito man oh yeah ice spiders mega snake spiders 3d i mean you know these are <laughs> <laughs> these are top shelf uh,
1: Spider spiders, Spider 3D is actually very fun I've watched that movie before
0: I've never seen it I've never seen it <laughs>
1: oh, it's, it's definitely the sci-fi channel vein but it's 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 tons of fun it's I have so, a good time with it
0: it sounds like a lot of fun um and then going back to the film I mean it's a low budget movie but I had someone on the page uh, one of my listeners um, give him a quick shout out actually um Matthew Quinto, one of my listeners, he said that um, don't forget to shout this film out as the little film that could. Apparently that's what it was nicknamed. And you probably know this, Gary. It's the film that blew off a mega-budget, overblown ego movie called Ishtar with um, Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty, apparently.
1: Oh, I've seen Ishtar for sure, man.
0: Yeah, apparently this film, The Gate, better than Ishtar did at the box office, and Ishtar was made for something like $50 million or something like that,
1: so... As much as I love the film, I kind of feel sad for Ishtar, I'm not going to lie to you. Oh,
0: really, yeah? I've never seen it, Gary, I've never even heard of it.
1: (laughs) It's It's a... Desert musical, if, I, I think there's music in there. I forget not. You know, you ask about that. Ricky Morgan, write the all about that movie for sure.
0: Trust Rick. I, I didn't think he liked uh, musicals, Rick.
1: <laughs> oh, Rick, Rick likes all kinds of stuff. He's, he's yeah, crazy, crazy, man.
0: Now, when you say that's a Ricky oh, Morgan movie, is it a short bus cinema um, uh,
1: movie? Oh, AM it's, or it's or a candidate. It? it definitely is.
0: It is. Oh, okay. it's, got
1: a, it's got a big. It's got a big cast, but it's definitely a candidate for short sure, bus cinema. <laughs>
0: And uh, I've got another bit of trivia here. It, um, one of the... Um, uh, Alex Winter wanted to remake this film. Um, the dude from uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: He yeah, makes... It was in development for a long time. I'm not sure if it still is or not. He wanted to do it in 3D, I guess.
0: You got it. Yeah, that's right. He wanted to make it as a 3D movie. And I think it was in development around about 2016. But we haven't heard anything more of it, so... Um, and apparently the logo on the back of, um, uh, Terry's back is, uh, the Killer, Killer Dwarfs, like a sort of real, real heavy metal band from Canada or something.
1: Oh, my, my cousin had records for sure. Killer oh, really? Dwarfs album. So I know, I know they're legit. You know, I, I'm yeah, not saying they're, they're the good. best band ever, but he had a, he definitely had a couple of their records. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. So Gary, when do you remember watching this film then? Do you, uh what do you like about this
1: movie? Well, we all had that uncle, right? That had that, that collection of VHS tapes that you probably weren't supposed to watch. And, uh, my uncle had that collection of VHS tapes that had like three movies on them each. Yeah. And this was one of the, one of those movies that was on like that tape with revenge of the nerds and porkies or something. It was just randomly on there. And, um, when I was a kid, I wasn't, I was afraid to go in the video store cause I was a little bitch about things. And so this is like the first horror film I ever saw. So I was like, uh, even then I like like animation stuff. And when you find out how amazing this movie was, you know, with the budget they have, I'm sure we'll talk all about this, but I, I, I like guys in suits and, and this doesn't change that because they have, they have guys in suits in this movie and we'll explain how that works pretty soon. But it's just a fun movie. It's, it's, I hate to call it a safe movie, but you can show this to you like your 11, 11, 12 year old child, and they'll get some genuine fright out of it. But at the same time, it won't warp their brains. Just, it's a great gateway film for, for a horror genre beginner. So, yeah. And that's this is what started me off. my This is the first horror film I ever saw. So it uh, makes it special, I think.
0: Yeah, I must admit. I mean, no pun there. It's a good gateway into horror, isn't it? For, uh, like you say, a 12-year-old, isn't it, really? Which I think is what this is directed towards. It's a PG-13 movie. But you get a lot for your PG-13 horror movie here, don't you? Yeah. Um, you get some really good scares, especially when the parents come back and they say, you've been bad, and his face disintegrates. But um, again, like you say, it's not horror that's going to really damage you, is it? It's just, I, I kinda, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Goosebumps now, do you know what I mean? There's a sort of Goosebumps the movie type.
1: Um, well, I, I, I understand that for sure, yeah. Yeah,
0: because uh, I, I watched it with my daughter. Uh, she's a little bit older. She's um, you know 14, 15, and she loved it. She thought it was incredibly funny in in places. Funny enough, how the time Oh, changed. it is. It definitely is. because <laughs> when I watched it when I was 12, I was actually quite scared of this movie. You know, with the the demons that turned up, and uh, I never actually knew they were guys in suits. I thought it was all all stop motion animation. It's it's a really good effect that holds up today as well. I think.
1: I'm pretty sure the big guy in the end is mostly stop motion because it, it shows like you see some really janky computer generated effects, especially when, um, he grabs Glenn and swings him in the air. Yeah. You, you can see that it's actually, you know, stop motion. And what the stuff with the, with the little, the little demons, they did it all through like forced perspective, which is all guys in suits that they, the, I, I imagine they filmed first and then film the other stuff later because, um, it, it looks great for the, for the budget they have. Even today, I mean, they have a best strong Blu-ray out there, which if you're... I, I want to watch it with the commentary, but my, my Blu-ray player broke. But right. it's stacked with it's stacked with extras. So I think they have a UK version of it too. So
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, they came
1: out. Because
0: for a long recommended, time... Recommended,
1: people, if you like this movie.
0: Yeah. For a long time, you couldn't get hold of this in the UK. And they finally released it on DVD, and then they released it on Blu-ray, which I think was a... Is it Shout Factory or Arrow? Oh, it's the,
1: the Vestron ones. release. Um no. Vestron Arrow. Oh, right. yeah, which they release um they released the UK version of it. I it came out of the States first and later in the UK.
0: But yeah, those um those demon guys are just still the show for me, do you know what I mean? They're 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 the highlight of the movie, you know, when they turn up. And like you say, they still hold up today. You know, I watched it the other day and I thought it was incredible and also like the way the movie runs at a pace there's not one point where I feel like it slows down it just goes nice you know you get the build up of the characters you've got uh, Terry as I said before he's, he's an interesting character <laughs> he kind of he kind of reminds me of one of the guys on our on our Legion network You heard of Matthew Tangent <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> this is how I imagined Matthew Tangent to be as a kid. You know what I mean? Little <laughs> shout out to Matt. <laughs>
1: P- people, man, they be talking about like how, how banging the ragman's clothes are in Trick or Treat. But let me tell you, Terry's collection of jackets uh, <laughs> knows no bounds, man. No. He's got that full metal patch on the back of that jean vest, and he's he's got the leather jacket. You see in the beginning, man? that this kid? This kid's going places, man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he 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 almost or pretty much steals the show for me as a character. Do you know what I mean? You obviously. Um, uh,
1: but, but, but the thing is, in 1987, you got to pick one decorative piece for your jean jacket uh, vest. Don't pick the killer dwarves man. You got to pick some other people. it's just like, here you go, bam, promotion for this. I think they're Canadian too, so. They Canadian are, band, yeah, yeah, they're Canadian, Canadian band. metal, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 got some really good stuff in it, and as I said before, for the budget of this movie, it's a lot of it's a lot of movie for your for your money, I think. And the artwork for the for the front cover for the poster is just awesome. You know, every time I post it on uh, the Facebook page, it gets a lot of you know response, and I think it's just because of that. Promotional, it's it's
1: pretty iconic. You know, you seen it on a shelf at the video store back in the day. You'd want to rent it because you get the glowing eyes with the claws coming out of the ground, and you know the gate right there. You want, you want to rent that.
0: I mean, that that just takes you to another place, doesn't it? You know, looking at that poster, which is the magic of. Oh, I think I say this in pretty much every one of my shows. I always end up down the old VHS rental store, but it's a magical place back in the day for me. Where you saw these posters, and you just it just took you to another place before you even watched the film. It's just...
1: Uh,
0: good times, man. Good times.
1: Well, one of the, one of the, the points of you know, the great VHS boom is sometimes, you know, they made the poster first, and they wrote a movie around it. I know mm. that that was done with, like, Terror Vision, which is a favourite of mine. And... They made the television poster and then, okay, somebody write me a script. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I've been, I'm in love forever with the, with the movie, so it's good stuff.
0: Well, Gary, that's pretty much a description of Canon Films, isn't it? I think oh, the, yeah. I think the Golden Globus guys, they just, I think they made the front covers to movies and then sold them to studios and then they come away and said, oh, I suppose we better put a script yeah. together for that. <laughs>
1: Man, Manaham Manaha must have drank a lot of coffee back in the day. He's just, just down to that shit all day long. <laughs> or a lot of speed, perhaps.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, some wild days in the 80s, eh? Filmmaking. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, like I say, the uh, building block for this film is great, man. Uh, it just goes to show that you don't always need a big budget to make a good film. Okay, so let's have a look at this film then, and uh, before I start the review, the bite-sized review of this movie, just a shout out to um, one of my listeners, Dan Nichols, he actually uh, requested this film today, he uh, put it on the page, and so it's it's actually a listener request.
1: Good job, Dan, I'm not even saying ironically, brother, I love this movie, you'll you'll find out
0: pretty soon. (laughs) As I say, Dan putting this on the page, it just set things off, now I've got you, Gary, on the show as well, so it's all good stuff, man, so... um, so the film starts off with, uh, you've got 12 year old Glenn and he has a nightmare and he wakes up in the night and his proper 80s, he's got his 80s bedroom and he's walking around the house and it's abandoned and then you get a scene where he goes to his tree house and he gets struck by lightning and then it collapses and then he wakes up in the morning and then you've got the sound of like chainsaws and the tree outside has collapsed and this is where you get the, um, I guess you get the start of the main movie here, isn't it, the plot where the, the hole was appeared in the garden.
1: Yeah, you get this weird, like, uh, for some reason, and it comes back to haunt him later, he has premonitions somehow, and they're never really explained why he has premonitions, but here we are, you know.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, I think you get the um, get the moths turning up as well now, I think, don't you? There's oh, like, yeah. Uh...
1: They, come, they come out of the ground. Yeah.
0: So he, um, then you're introduced to uh, Terry, his friend Terry, which we've already mentioned. He's into his metal. He's a pretty cool kid. And they go invest- investigate the hole. And this is where they find a large geode, which is pretty cool. And uh, they take it back to the bedroom. And then I think Terry tries to open it up and he's hitting it with a hammer.
1: And they learn nothing. They learn nothing from poor Jordy Veral. Okay, come on now.
0: Well, that's what we said. That's what I think I said to uh, Dan Barry in the last episode. You know, if you find something strange, you know, don't report it to the authorities. That's it. You take that geode in, you start messing about with it. You know, meteor <laughs> shit. Come on, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. a bit like the uh, the blob and the stuff, isn't it? At the same time.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. Um,
0: but before he retrieves that geode he cuts his finger doesn't he and then a little bit of blood goes into the hole doesn't it Gary? So it's a little bit of a yeah thing to start Which, other things happening?
1: i never caught that like right away that the blood has something to do with the you know opening the, the what opens up and it, it yeah it, it's really strange and uh yeah more blood later too for sure
0: yeah so you've got all these i suppose sacrificial things haven't you going yeah the blood <laughs> So then you get the parents; they they've gone they're going away for the weekends, and he's left with his sister Al, who says that she'll look after her younger brother; won't be a problem. And then you get a get an eighties party, Gary. Don't you? Do you know what I mean? It's pretty.
1: Oh, pretty rad. yes, it is eighties and very Canadian. You could tell, especially her friends who show up. Um, her two her two lady friends, uh, the Lee sisters, uh, appropriately, which you know Terry <laughs> sticks his, his finger in his throat as an. They're probably the ugly sisters, you know, but their last names are Lee. And you can tell they just shot out of Canadian TV and into this movie. It's <laughs> kind of wonderful. And,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: they got and uh, Al, I, I got to say, Al, you know, was one of my first crushes ever because there's something about a girl with crimped hair that does it for me. If she had a side pony, she'd be Mrs. Gary Hill right now. See? <laughs>
0: Oh man, yeah, she's got crimped hair, she's got coloured hair as well, isn't she? It's just, oh yeah. It's just everything in the 80s is all in this room here as well, isn't it? And uh, So yeah, you've got the cool um, 80s party there, and then you get a scene where one of the guys decides to do like, this levitation act, isn't it? They say, you know, do you believe in levitation? And this is where Glenn comes in, he becomes part of this act, they do this ritual, and then this is where Glenn levitates into the up into the air, then he falls down.
1: Yeah, and, then and he cries. Yeah, he Glenn cried. cries a lot in this movie. I yeah. gotta say, for being the hero, he cries a lot in this movie.
0: <laughs> I want to call mom and dad now.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, he says it like six times. Yeah. Just want to call mom and dad. <laughs> um, oh, you're such a cry I baby. Wish, I wish the babysitter was here. <laughs> <you know? laughs> He's such a whiner to be the hero of this movie, I gotta oh, say. Would yeah. continue though? I'm sorry.
0: No, man, no, no, that's just gonna say. It's just where uh, Terry steps in, then he just steps up and says, No, nah, it's okay, man. I think he tells him some of the once happened to him at school just to try and make him feel better. And then at this point, this is where Glenn starts to see the bedroom wall stretch a little bit as well. And I think you get the story about the guy that built the house who died and they just decided to cement him into the wall you know we won't give him a burial we'll just put him in the wall and bury him
1: Right, well, that's a classic america thing do you build a bridge guy falls in the bridge you pour the foundation <laughs> over him that's like that's he come from murder in in early americas you look this is a very true thing look it up though one time it's uh yeah. really weird but there you go
0: yeah i've <laughs> heard about these stories i think the stories with the railroads and all those sort of things don't it so so then you get um to make Glenn feel better, Al says, look, i let Terry stay over for the night. And he says, yeah, okay, that's fine. So then you get a nighttime scene here where Terry wakes up in the middle of the night and you get like a an apparition of his um, mother who's passed away. And she comes back and it's sort of saying, oh, Terry, Terry. And he walks down the stairs and he goes to hug his mum. And then it just changes, isn't it? It's almost like your first sort of jump scare here where it's actually the dog old Angus the dog has died and then Terry's got him wrapped up in his arms hasn't he
1: he like spikes that dog and <laughs> I, I don't know what to th- I, I watched it today and I, I just noticed like yeah you think he just like drop it but he like spikes it like it's American football or something yeah just, like, that's it boom
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you've got the, the dog that's died but Al still isn't doesn't want to phone the parents does she you know you think maybe with this you know you want to phone your mum and dad let them know but she says no so um the next day you've got terry and he's in his bedroom isn't he like you said earlier gary you know he's a pretty cool dude he's got his metal posters up in the wall and he's uh, banging into a bit of the uh, metal music isn't he and he's sort of reciting all the lyrics and he's almost going into like a sort of H- I thought this was like H.P. Lovecraft, in a way, where the metal band are talking about the old gods trying to get back into oh, yeah. Earth,
1: which once lost them. And, um, I
0: don't know, have you seen Color Out of Space yet, just on a little bit of a tangent?
1: N- not yet. I've seen I've seen the other adaptation of that story, which is The Curse, which is in an 80- another 80s movie with uh, Will Wheat in it. In a- oh, really? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. I'm pretty sure it's an adaptation of the same story, but it's 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 a, di- a way different tone. But I haven't seen the the Nicholas Cage insanity that is Colorado Space yet.
0: <clears throat> well, you just hit a target there, Gary. the first time i mentioned Will Wheaton on Bite Size Cinema. Hey, <laughs> hey, boom! <laughs> just Gary's a, a mark.
1: <laughs> gonna get a
0: cloud <laughs> of gold dust booming down now. Yes, we've just mentioned Will Wheaton. <laughs> oh man. So um, yeah, so color out of space, Gary. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I, uh, after recently watching the gate, I thought there was a sort of comparison between the two, shall we say? And um, certainly a H.P. Lovecraft vibe, where like say uh, Terry's talking about the old gods and wanting to come back and all that sort of stuff. So well,
1: when Glenn puts two and two together, that you know, well, I'm sure we're going to, it belongs to the same record album he's listening to. And the stories in there is supposedly supposedly text from this book that talks a lot about old gods and stuff. And so, yeah. for you hang on as many Lovecraft people as I do, which is a plenty. That's all you think about when somebody says old gods. You start to think about Lovecraft. So,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You know, especially with uh, John Carpenter's "In the Mouth of Madness." Um, oh yeah. You yeah. know, there you go. I always get a John Carpenter quote in my in my show. Just a little shout out there for him. Um, so then at this point this is where Terry is starting to think that all these things that are happening are in these lyrics you know you've got a gate that's opened up in the garden and so he begins to suspect that and they start investigating so they go back out to the they go back out to the garden now hang on a second oh no this is where you've now got um one of Al's friends he tries to deposit the dog doesn't he
1: oh yeah he, puts he um he takes it to, to the, the animal hospital which is closed so he just goes back to the house and throws him down the hole which is like okay you know they'll never notice this smell at all this <laughs> dead dog down the hole and in, in the summertime It's it's uh it's kind of dumb yeah <laughs> it is. It.
0: yeah because this is where Terry basically says um, to Glenn he says look you've got a demon problem you got the old gods wanting to come back all the things are in place with the levitation uh, the blood oath and all that. But he says, it's okay. Just as long as nobody deposits a body down there. He said, it doesn't have to be human. It could be anything. It's like the dog has just been put down. And uh, that's pretty much the last key, isn't it? To open up the gate. And that's it. Boom.
1: I, I forgot to mention one of my favorite tropes. It happens in this movie. Is there, There's a scene in this movie where... um, I remember this toy back in the day. It was like the lamest toy you can get from a grocery store. Where it was like a magnetic you know, thing with a plastic sheet on top of it where you could write on it and then lift up the, the plastic sheet and it would go away. Oh, I know. Well, yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um,
1: We called that... We put the... Oh, am sorry.
0: Oh, no, we called it an etch, etch-a-sketch or something like that.
1: But they, they put that geode on top of it, and, and of course it, it has like incantation words that Glenn <laughs> stupidly reads That's, that opens yeah. his gate to hell. That's amazing. I love it so, so much.
0: So you've pretty much got an Ash Williams moment, haven't you, in this film? It's the nick is This is
1: Klaatu Barada Nictu, yes yeah, indeed.
0: You know, it is, man. It's just all these <laughs> Easter eggs from other films, man, you know, put into a kid's
1: movie. So I
0: suppose you've really got an Evil Dead movie, haven't you, for kids, really, in a
1: way. Um, oh yeah, even got little people in the Army of Darkness, so you're all good. Little ashes running around.
0: Yeah, I guess so. That's it, man. Um,
1: but that was that was more Gulliver's Travels, though. So bless you, Sam Raimi, for doing that. It's good and, stuff.
0: Yeah, I never really thought of it like that actually, until you mentioned that. Now there you go. I love it. I love it. Um, so that night you get a you get that swarm of moths from the beginning, and they shatter the glass in the bedroom window. And this is where you find the corpse of the dog in Terry's bed. So it starts to hit the fan a little bit, doesn't it, really? It's just things start to go wrong now. And Terry and Glenn, you know, they're scared of the dog, you know, they're, they're screaming. And then this is where Al comes into the bedroom and she's going, what's going on? What's going on? And this is where you get those arms, isn't it? Those gooey demonic arms from under the bed. Yes. It's a pretty cool scene, isn't it? So, Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good effect. It still stands up now. And it's that, I suppose it's that thing as a kid that you worry about, isn't it? The monster under the bed. Sounds good.
1: Yeah. And it plays a lot of this movie because we're going to a scene later on where it was something somebody said in passing that wasn't necessarily true that, that pops up to scare them. Like almost like the old gods were listening in a way, you know?
0: (laughs) So it's all the things that you're scared of as a kid starts to happen in this movie, doesn't it? Um, so then, the. Uh, so then, Glenn, he's scared. He runs out of the bedroom. He goes to the front door, and then he got his mum and dad that have turned up. But it's not his mum and dad, is it? He, he So goes up to his dad, and his dad goes, Yeah, oh, you're right, Glenn. He goes, No, no. You know. And then he grabs his dad, and his dad goes, You've been bad, isn't it? It's just so bad.
1: I can't tell you, myself included, how many times. Even when times, if I'm like watching by myself, and I'm like feeling like I don't even know, like a little off. Yeah, hearing him, hearing that line delivery still still freaks me out just a little bit, man.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, it's, oh man, it's just it's it's a pinnacle part of the movie now, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And then you get a really horrid scene now, didn't it? Because you almost get like a Poltergeist scene here, didn't you, with the face
1: deteriorating isn't he, he grabs his oh, dad's yeah.
0: face and it's all
1: gooey because Glenn, Glenn's already a wuss and then you know his dad oh my good mom and dad are home just what I wished for and then you know dad's face just melts yeah. you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then um, the parents vanished didn't they the door closes yeah. they open the door back up everything's gone back to normal but the only person who's not really face by this I thought was Terry He's kind of gone, oh man, that's pretty weird, but um, I'm just going to go and get a soda pop from the fridge now, you know. <laughs> Can we go to bed? <laughs> you know, <it's> like... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's just such a cool dude in this, man. Um, so, they go back into the house. Um, Al's, I think Al's got a couple of friends staying over as well, those two girls you mentioned earlier.
1: Oh, yeah, them leic- the them le-
0: Yeah, that's it. And then this is where you get the demons that turn up, isn't it? They turn up in the house. They're already in the house by this point, aren't they? You can see like a sort of silhouette. They appear on the windows, don't they? Oh,
1: that's a good, good, good little siege moment.
0: Yeah, it's a good siege. So you've got the siege of the demons now. And then Terry kind of takes control a bit here. He leads everybody into the basement to try and find the dark book. He thinks that if he reads from the book, he'd be able to stop all this. But then the dark book bursts into flames. And then this is where Glenn comes out and goes, got a Bible? You know, read from the Bible, man. That's gonna sort everything out.
1: <laughs> and the, there's the line where um Terry says, These guys are older than the Bible, you know, so yeah, if the Bible's not gonna right. do any good, you know.
0: Yeah, he he knows these, doesn't he, really, Terry? He really is educated oh, yeah. in this department, isn't he? Of the old gods and like say the HP Lovecraft stuff.
1: Them, them, them resourceful metal kids, they know that they're, they're demonology oh, man, yeah, Terry's no exception.
0: He's your go-to guy in all this. So they go back out into the garden, go to the hole. It's pretty good. The hole has now got this real, it's got smoke coming out of it. It's got like a purple and green haze to it coming out. So it's a pretty cool scene. Terry starts reading from the Bible. Things start to happen, but then he falls down into the hole, doesn't he? And then he gets down to the bottom of it and then there's the demons that start attacking him they start biting into his arm and
1: that's a good gag for sure yeah just, just the look at the look on his face when they uh they start grabbing on it was pretty priceless
0: uh, that's really cool isn't it yeah it's a proper sort of, ah like that it's, it's, it's <laughs> almost like a sort of like say ash williams moment isn't it you know, um,
1: you know they finally get out of the holes he his biggest problem is that they, they took his shoe which comes to the play at the end of the movie. You
0: know? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. The, uh, he's a Nike trainers, isn't he? He's Nike high tops.
1: Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Those are some good-looking shoes too. Yeah, the right actually, yeah wanna... they're
0: pretty cool, man. So
1: this, then... he's, he's, sorry, he's got it made, man. His dad's never home. He's got some nice shoes. He's got cool melodies to listen to, you know? he's just, uh yeah, he eats, he eats disgusting pizza off a counter. That that kid's got it made, man. It's he, all good.
0: Yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier, actually. Yeah, he gets home, then <laughs> not he? He's got an empty house. Gone away for the weekend, Terry. It's up, you know, left to you. Got your pizza. Yeah, he's got got a pretty good deal, hasn't he? (laughs) So he gets back out of the hole. He starts reading from the Bible and he starts reciting the Psalms and then the hole starts to close up. And then um, they go back into the house. I think everything's sorted out, but no, it's not. We've got that construction worker... He's uh, still hanging about in the wall, isn't he? You get a pretty cool scene here of him. I think he's now out of the wall now, isn't he? Yeah. He's like a zombie.
1: Yeah, it, go, it goes to like that thing to where I mentioned before. You know, whatever they're afraid of happens. Well, Glenn was told the story by Terry, which Terry mentions when he comes out of the wall that it was it was total a fa- total fabrication. And this this thing appears out of the wall because Glenn is afraid of it. There's lots of of stuff because is afraid of it, and then later on, there's a thing with his hand which he had a premonition about, it just happens to appear, and then it goes away when he hurts himself, obviously, but still, yeah, this guy's not a thing, this guy's built out of fear, and I like that aspect of the story, like the old gods are messing with him, it's Uh, good stuff.
0: You know what, Gary, I like that, I never, you know what, that went over me head, but until you mention that now, so the old gods are working on your worst nightmare. So they kind of make your worst nightmare come true. Yeah, I like that. It's pretty cool. Um, so they attack the construction worker with Al, and then Al goes completely um, the Lost Boys on them and gets a stereo, doesn't he? <laughs> she, she, oh, yeah. She throws. She, th- she
1: throws that little jam box at that dude's head, and he falls over, and uh, <laughs> magic happens. It's yeah. awesome. know. Yeah.
0: So that's it, guys. <laughs> if you find a, a dead construction worker coming out your your um, wall. Make sure you got an old stereo, and you fry them, and it just makes them. Well, it's a good scene here, actually, isn't it?
1: He, he falls over and turns into little monster, Yeah, and it's, it's just it's hilarious. Quite, isn't it?
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's brilliant. And so then he disintegrates. Obviously, goes into the tiny demons, and then they find a gun. Then they lock a shotgun or something like that in the
1: basement. Oh, yeah. Get get dad's gun, Glenn. Get dad's gun. Yeah. Get dad's
0: gun. And then at uh, the same time, the construction worker is taking Terry as well, isn't he? He's taking him in with him, so he's been abducted. But then,
1: then the, you get more laughs with Terry pretty soon? I love it. Well, oh, yeah, this is <laughs> the, he, he, the closet scene is amazing.
0: <laughs> Glenn goes into the closet, doesn't he? And like you mentioned just there, Gary, he's rummaging through, and then you get Terry, didn't you? Like a possessed Terry.
1: He looks like a chipmunk version of Terry. He's got these giant buck teeth, and all of a sudden he starts to bite him. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll that. Yeah, he crazy.
1: bites he bites his hand, and I wanna say that he becomes like infected or something because something happens to his hand in the next couple scenes that it's not really explained except the fact that he may have been got some weird old gods infection or something. I don't even know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's crazy, man. Cause then um Glenn he gets a I think it's like a shoe, is it or something like that, a high heeled shoe and he sort of stabs Terry in the eye with it. No,
1: she she um for some reason there's a Barbie doll, like a like a doll in, in, in the in the in the closet. Ah, uh, yeah, and Al, Al, Al busts in and stabs him in the eyeball with the with the with the foot of the doll.
0: So you get a death by stereo. And you get a death by Barbie doll as well, didn't you? In this movie as well, which is pretty cool. So,
1: well, they more they more just like go away. They don't die. They just go away. That's and then
0: he goes, didn't he? Just disappears into the closet.
1: Um, again, again, real light stuff, and by, it's light stuff that I enjoy. Where you get foiled by a Barbie doll, and you just kind of go away. He just says, like, "Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah,
0: it's <fun. laughs> it's a fun scene." So then you got Terry and Al. They now been abducted so they've become like a sort of human sacrifice to the gate which is like fully open now and um you kind of get like a symbol of love now didn't you that rocket that he finds um you've seen it throughout the whole movie i forgot to mention that earlier
1: the the thunderbolt rocket i mean that this this is a hobby that lame kids have in the 80s (laughs) where they have rockets that they just set off these are the same kids that have model train sets, and I'm sorry for you listeners that have model train sets, but model trains are really cool when you're four or fucking 72 you have nothing else to do with your time, you know, but I, like the two kids that I knew that had rocket hobbies had model trains as well, I, I don't know what it is, I mean, I'm a nerd too, I can't, this is why we do what we do, but you know what? There's nerddom, and then there's just lame, and those kids were lame. And Terry and his sister had this hobby of letting these rockets off to the point of he wasn't able to do them by himself because he burned a hole in the roof. <laughs> I don't know what plastic rocket he had that would burn a hole in the roof, but he he pulled it off, apparently, and this, this Thunderbolt rocket, apparently, this huge white rocket... Was uh, something that him and his sister were gonna were gonna lay, uh, blow off together. Apparently, before she became like hip with the Lee sisters, I guess because you know <laughs> the, right. those girls are like the MVP of this movie. Now, now I watch it as an adult. The Lee sisters are like they're out of control, man. They're, they're, they, they find them in the closet with the with the ropes of garlic around their neck. Who keeps ropes of garlic in their house? It looks like, like a vampire was coming or something. Who knows? But um.
0: Yeah, they were, they were obviously going down that route, Gary, weren't they? They obviously saw some vampire movies and thought, "Oh, we, I know what we need. We need some garlic." Now that's not going to do anything, is it? You know what I mean? It's just
1: <laughs> those people make a lot of pasta. As long almost they have it all like garlic around their neck because it's uh, it's it's crazy. <laughs> just, the line they have when they get the Bible. He's like, give it to us. We went to Sunday school. He says that? What <laughs> gives you the authority of the Bible. He went to Sunday school. I went to Sunday school, too. I don't know nothing about the Bible. So oh, there you go. Oh, man.
0: I can just hear James Woods now from Vampire saying, garlic, garlic won't work, man.
1: They will bend you no. over. Oh, now, I want, now I want to watch that movie now. See, it's, it's all good. I'm uh, going to watch it after we've talking here. Continue. I'm sorry.
0: No, 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 no. So we've gone off on a bit of a rocket tangent. So there you go. So, in this film, they're trying to make this kid look cool with a rocket and become a badass. So, there you
1: go. (laughs) It can only be defeated by a symbol of light and love, which is this rocket, apparently. Oh, this is it,
0: yeah. And I only picked up up on that, on this viewing, actually. I didn't realise that at the time. So, the Mm -hmm. rocket is a symbol. So, you've got um, Glenn on his own, with his rocket, with this massive demon that has just come out through the floor. And he's got like two heads, doesn't he? And loads of arms. And he, I think he picks Glenn up, like you said earlier, doesn't he? He starts toying with him he's a little just bit, little
1: wagging him around and stuff. And, yeah, you know, that's it. The, the creature looks great. I gotta say, this is the stop motion creature that we talked about. And he's got lots of arms. He does. He does lots of movements, and <laughs> he's just fun to look at, man. He's got a big old, big old long snout mug, and you know, yeah. he's, he could eat, he could eat Glenn in about five seconds. But this is supposed to be registered children, so he's, like, petting them on the head and stuff, and <laughs> prolonging the inevitable, and, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, they said, look, this is a PG-13, you can't go any higher than that and just pick him up and pet him now.
1: It's like, Glenn, like, we're cool, we're, we're, we're cool, monster, we're cool, okay? You yeah, know? that's just, it. Just pet me on the head, you know?
0: <laughs> and this, this made me laugh, Gary, because the monster then disappears, doesn't he? He goes back into his hole. And it, it's like it gives Glenn enough time to find the batteries for his rocket so he can sort of ignite it. But then just as um, Glenn's put the batteries in, he's all set to go. It's almost as if he just shouted out, hey, Mr. Monster, you can come back up now because I'm ready. And the monster just comes back up out of the ground. And uh, it's,
1: very, it's very convenient. He has no idea if it's going to work or not. No. It, he just he just goes for broke with this rocket to go on the thing's chest, perfectly shot into its chest. And- yeah. And of course, the monster's, monster's angry at this point. He just picks up, you know, mess with him some more. And, like I said, picks them up and tosses him around. And, yeah. And
0: then he sets yeah. off that rocket, doesn't he? And it goes through the, the monster's chest. I'm surprised. Oh, yeah. That, I'm surprised that plastic rocket actually did that. You know, but it did.
1: And then... It's um, it's, it's, it's a symbol, RJ. you got to get disbelief going on here, I've got to get...
0: Yeah, this is the thing, Gary. It's the thing I try to get into my head. You know what I mean? I couldn't get that into my head at the time. <laughs>
1: If, if you're gonna have something destroy your house, it might as well be an old god that can have a rocket go through his chest. Yeah, that's a, it. Yeah. A, a flimsy plastic rocket that's supposed to be meant to fly straight up in the air. You see the one. If you don't know what we're talking about, you, you can see it like in the middle of the film where, where, of course, Al spends all of her money to go to the mall to go buy Glenn with this rocket. You know, a symbol of light and love. And the little parachute comes that comes down. To, to, she can catch the rocket to use it again. Well, these rockets are really light. So there's no way in hell this thing would go through this thing's chest. I'm just, you know, again, suspend disbelief because we are having fun with this movie. You know, but here we are.
0: Here we are, man. Yeah. Made out of four <laughs> toilet tubes. Man.
1: Oh, man. Well, a lot of PVC piping in that. <laughs> <It's good stuff. laughs> they had fun with it, though. So I, I got I to gotta get the, the activity, the boring activity that him and his sister had together. I got to give it some love.
0: We got into some detail there, man. So... <laughs> Yeah, so this rocket goes in, and it works. And then the monster—he sort of changes a bit of colour, doesn't it? Sort of like—it doesn't really blow up, does he? he? Sort of disappears into like a sort of blue glowing um, apparition or something like that. And then that's it—he goes back into his hole. Everything goes back to normal. Um, Terry and Al come back, don't they? And the film kind of ends, doesn't it, with them sat outside on the porch and they go well we got to try and explain this all to mom and dad when they get home after the weekend, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, for, for those who are parents now, and, um, you know, let me explain the 1987 version of parenting. If I destroyed my house to an extent that they destroyed their house, even put a scratch on the wall, um, I would get my ass kicked <laughs> yeah. by my coming home parents. They're like, well, we're best friends and what's going to happen next? Mom and Dad ain't going to say a word. B.S. I want to see the aftermath. I want to see the bloodbath of Glenn... But he tries to explain the giant hole in the floor, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mom, we had this magnetic thing and we read off the, the words and you did what? You know, well, that'd be it, man, you know.
0: <laughs> Set off this flimsy rocket. That's okay. That's all right, Glenn.
1: <laughs> Sac- sacrilege. They'll be going to church for real after that, man. You get some God in them or something. Some 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 uh, some deities. And...
0: Do you guys want some jelly and ice cream now? That's okay. We'll sort it out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh good luck to the insurance company too man holy crow that'd be really bad news it's, uh, i mean this this is worse than than harry and the henderson's like <laughs> you got sasquatch insurance you know okay not really you know? <laughs> just tick that box <laughs> uh, you sasquatch want... covered good job <laughs> thank you you know old gods covered old gods <laughs> covered man have you got that's a, that's, an extra, that's an extra premium that would cost you a lot of money i think some old god's coverage
0: and there you go have you got a fire extinguisher have you got a rocket just in case an old god turns up in your house so you can destroy it
1: what is your symbol of light and love sir is it good enough for for us to say yes to this insurance policy yeah. see these are fun conversations i'm sorry for going off in weird tangents but these are these are the important questions when you want to buy a home: Is it covered for old god insurance?
0: Yeah, well, this is it. I think, Gary, this is where we've come to with this film, isn't it? Old oh, god insurance for your house.
1: if just you've seen nice. the second film, Glenn doesn't show up again, but his effed up house does. So oh. he didn't. St- he didn't stay around too long. It's just Terry causing trouble up to that yeah. point.
0: Which is a pretty good. It's it's a fairly decent sequel as well, isn't it? I think it came. it's fun. Fun. Uh, Nineteen ninety. I think it's doing okay. I think it's... Um, I mean... The Gate has become cult status now. It's become a cult movie, isn't it, with horror fans? And...
1: I think it's been pretty big for a long time. It's not one of those ones like, wow, this, this, this forgotten movie has been released on Blu-ray. I think this is a film... I mean, you, you got the request for it. If you mention The Gate to any horror fan... They're going to know just what you're talking about. It's not like one of them hidden, you know, super hidden gems that nobody ever, ever saw. Everybody saw this cover art in the video store back in the day. Yeah. It was there. Yeah, it was just yeah. there in your face.
0: Yeah, no, it's good stuff, man. It, and it deserves all the credit it, it gets because it's a fun movie. And like I say, if you haven't seen it, guys, go check it out. If you have seen it, hope you're a fan like me and Gary, man, because we absolutely adore this film. And we, I know we're making fun of it, but that's what it's all about, man. Just... That's the eighties for you. Just have a whole ton of fun. Just sit back, get your popcorn out. Certainly one of those films I'd recommend to watch about eleven o'clock at night, you know, when it's dark, and yeah, it's just a fun movie. Does everything you want it to do, man. So
1: um, there you go if, go, you're gonna, go. if you're gonna read some stuff off a page randomly, don't forget that RJ McCready, old God's insurance, man. <laughs> you need that in your life, man. <laughs> yeah. He'll hook you he'll hook you up, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh man. Now, thanks, Gary. Thanks for coming onto the show today, mate. It's been uh, it's been good having you here talking about these old movies.
1: It was fun, man. It was a good time, and I um, I'm glad I could be here to to uh uh, uh you could get the humor, the humor going on of this movie. There's a lot of funny stuff in here, and um.
0: So um so the you're going to be coming back, Gary, for another show, mate. Um, which is Remo Williams. I've never actually heard of that film up until now, mate, until you mentioned it.
1: Well when you think of action stars, you think of Fred Ward, okay, that's all I'll say about that one. And it's it's fun. It's got, it's got that going for it, it's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I must admit, he's he's kinda like that guy that kinda gets a bit forgotten about, but he's in a lot of films, isn't he? You know, like Oh yeah. Um Southern Comfort, Tremors. He's um yeah, he's he's just he's a good leading man, and he? he's a good guy.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, we've also got uh, Jake Speed as well. You mentioned Jake Speed. you want to talk about that one as well?
1: It's like it's in the same. It's 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 like a, a Marvel universe before there was ever a Marvel universe, because Jake Speed is in the same universe as, as uh, good old Remo Williams. So it's not a sequel per se, but it's, it's, it's in the same universe, which is kind of a spiritual sequel, if you will.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love all those films. I love the action and adventure films. They're great. Uh, I'm a big Indiana Jones fan as you know uh, so this type of movie any day of the week mate I'm all over it can't get enough of it so I'm, gonna, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you about those films so um, yeah cheers Gary thanks for that mate as I say thanks for coming on the show today is there anything else you want to add to mate before um, we, uh, close up?
1: Not, not a ton just come, come listen to the show and come support Legion and uh, I'm going to have the charity auction within the next couple months range I'm, I'm going to say the end of the summer is a safe bet so, if you guys like uh, memorabilia and you guys want to bid on something for the Humane Society, uh, locally around here, it's a No Kill Shelter, Fleas and Flicks Charity Auction. I have um, a great cast signed uh, Night of the Creeps poster that that I've been boasting and flaunting, and a uh, Richard Dreyfus figure signed by himself, and he wore my sweaty hat at a convention because he insisted on it, and uh, wow, it was a, it was a, it was a funny moment. <laughs> Man, did you say Richard Dreyfus? Richard Dreyfus, yes, uh, Jaws Richard Dreyfus. Oh, man, I'd love to meet him.
0: There's a lot of people I know probably listening to this, I'd love to meet Richard Dreyfus, man. He's he was legend. very
1: funny, very funny.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. I've oh, because I know you've met a lot of you've met a lot of actors, haven't you, Gary? I know I've looked on your page, mate. There's always I know this year's probably been a bit awkward, isn't it, to try and meet people, obviously. But
1: last time I went to was in March, I believe, so it's been nothing since then, so. It's not much of a dry spell for me because I really don't go go to ones until like this August. I have a couple this August that they happen, and uh, but a lot of folks go all year round. My, my friend Troy used to go. I think you, you think I've met people. My friend Troy has met everybody. He unfortunately passed away of um, cancer uh, oh, right. like six years ago. Yeah, it was it was really unfortunate. And uh, but he met everybody. It was it was gross how, how many people he met. <laughs>
0: Man, I'm envious, man. Some like I say, some of the people that you've met is great. Um I was very fortunate enough to meet John Carpenter a couple of years ago. That was that was a highlight for me. Um
1: I don't, cool. meet, he's I don't... always a good time, Carpenter. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gr- sometimes he's grumpy, but that's okay, you
0: know. I can forgive him. He's the outlaw of Hollywood, it's fine. He's cool, so I can forgive that. But no, it's great to see him. But the other thing, Gary, I mentioned this before, but there's some listeners on here probably quite interested in this. I know you've you've interviewed um, Tom Holland,
1: haven't you? Uh, Tom Holland is, was an interview that we did. i um, uh, probably like three or four years ago by now, but it's still on the Legion feed. Um, look for um, what's what's the title of it? Something like of Dreams and Hitch, because we talk about um, Psycho 2 quite a bit, and we get into I think we get about as far as Fright Night in his in his career. by I, I love the Get him back on the show, and not necessarily talk about the rest of his career. I'd love to, to to piece that in, but you know, I've had this this idea to, to get some people on the show, with some celebrities in the show. I contacted D. Wallace and a couple of people, and do like ten questions to like ten random questions with with uh, these celebrities. I think it'd be a lot of fun
0: sounds like a great yeah sounds like brilliant fun there Gary mate um yeah obviously oh, because like I, I
1: I make no promises until, until it's recorded and I have it in the can so <laughs> no,
0: having Tom Holland on your show is great though mate because there's you know there's a lot of Tom Holland fans on here um, well of the only of reason Holland.
1: why I got that is because I met him at a convention yeah and I expressed my love for cloak and dagger which he wrote if you ever seen cloak and dagger right um Henry Thomas uh, Dabney Coleman it's a very, um, if, you to it if you've ever seen it before, basically it's a, a kid who who's into like role playing games, like dice rolling games, and his hero is played by Dabney Coleman, who's Jack Flack, and he gets into a murder plot by accident, and Jack Flack is with him the whole time, and it's it's a good film, and I expressed my love for it, and he said, let's do this, and I said, okay, you know. <laughs> oh, wow,
0: because so, you recognize some of his work that doesn't usually get mentioned, he yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah. That was good, man. Yeah, so there you go, guys. If you... Um, please go and check out cinema Beef podcast and Two Drink Minimum and go and have a look at that interview with uh, Gary interviewing Tom Holland. So Because I know there's a lot of fans on here. So, yeah, thanks, Gary. Um, like I say, mate, I look forward to getting you back on the show. It's almost like the... Uh, it's like the Gary Hill trilogy.
1: Starting with the game. be <laughs> a lot of fun, see? You know? And uh, you're supposed to come on my show eventually whenever written scheduling's all off right now but we're gonna get to make this happen where you and ricky are supposed to come on and do Razor of the lost ark the the og uh indiana jones and a indiana jones uh ripoff i think it's hunters of the golden cobra with um <laughs> with um oh i forget now it's it's um this is david um warbeck isn't that movie i think i think it is but um
2: yeah it's, we'll,
1: uh... we're gonna make it happen it's, it's gonna get cheesy y'all so i'm happy for you know it's uh, do my uh, really bad, do my really bad Salah impression because you know Salah's got kids, y'all. He's got kids, you
0: know. <laughs> well, I look forward bad to doing dates. that one, again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I look forward to doing that one when you So, yeah, thanks, man. It's all been good. So, um, hope you enjoyed the show, guys. I'm going to close the show now. I've got some admin, so um, I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So, please go and check out all the other good shows on there. I will play a promo at the end of this. You can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify, and several other players on the internet if you type in Bite Size Cinema Podcast Legion. And Sorry. I've also got a Facebook page, so post anything on there. And uh, there you go, guys. So, as I say, keep it bite size keep it safe and one other thing uh dan nichols hope you enjoyed the show mate little shout out to you there because you requested this show so i hope you enjoyed that so keep it bite-sized keep it safe and i will see you guys soon